Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands. Uh, this is take two at trying to record this episode because I apparently do not know how to work any electronics this evening. Uh, very patiently putting up with me this evening is Eno Saris, uh, writer for The Athletic. He is specializes in, is it safe to say, like all things geeky when it comes to baseball? Yeah, I'm a big dork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we could put it that way, too, if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, I... There was actually once a player, uh, Darwin Barney, uh, had I had said something to him, and he walked away, and then from across the clubhouse, he yelled, nerd. Awesome. I, I tell myself it was affectionately, that he uh, affectionately he, yelled nerd at Yeah, him. that was definitely with all nothing but love, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Ina also loves craft beer. Uh, used to, do you anymore to write about craft beer, or is that, that was... A, I do. I don't as much as I used to. I used to run October Magazine, which was a, a Condé Nast uh, beer magazine. I used to run a website called Beer Graphs, uh, which used stats from Untapped to uh, power some leaderboards. I don't do. I'm not that hardcore anymore. But um, about once or yeah, I'd say once every year, maybe t- once or twice a year, I do write a piece for the Athletic. I've ranked all the be- the ballparks by their beer offerings. I've uh, gone through different baseball markets and scouted new new breweries. Uh, so I usually have one or two b- big pieces about beer. My latest one was why why beer in ballparks isn't better. So I went into all the distribution issues, all the quality control, all that sort of stuff, and mostly uh, talked about why beer in Yankee Stadium is so awful. Um, which brewery do you think is the best one near Orioles Park? <laughs> full tilt, baby. <laughs> Speaking of full tilt, joining me this evening as special guest host is Dan Baumiller, co-founder of Full Tilt Brewing, Nickelback fan extraordinaire, and uh, friend of the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for recognizing me for all that I am. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, Eno, I don't know if you're confused, though, because Dan is sleeved this evening. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Where are those pipes? <laughs> <laughs> and, and no Nickelback shirt. So in case you didn't recognize him, this is Dan Bondler. <laughs> I wore my uh, baseball ninja T-shirt in honor of Eno being on. Um, not that you have anything to do with baseball ninja, but I assume you're a fan of Rob's. And uh, <laughs> yes, it seemed like I the am, right. I and this shirt's too nice to cut the sleeves off. So, so last time we had Eno on, it was because um, he started a controversy about people cheating. Or I guess not started, discovered. Oh, it's not, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dan thought that it would be a great idea to commemorize or, or com- what was it? Commemorate. Commemorate. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, the occasion with a beer named Sticky Stuff. Um, thankfully, Dan didn't have the idea to take photos with Spider Tack and and the beer this year. So everything's not sticky at my house. Um, but so now we have a new beer and something else new that I have no idea what it is. So you're going to have to even explain what's... 
So the beer's <laughs> name is Stuff Plus, which what is Stuff Plus other than a yeah, West Coast uh, IPA? Oh. And uh, hold on. There we go. Uh, cheers to Dan for uh, for having this idea and putting this together. This is I, I can't believe it that there's a stat. This is a this is a statistic. This is a, a, a baseball stat. This is one of the nerdiest baseball stats <laughs> Nerd. that's out there. This is this is this is high quality nerd nerdism right here. Um, I don't know. Like this is the equivalent of putting like wins above replacement on a beer, <laughs> which no one. <laughs> I don't think anyone would ever do. So kudos to us for doing something no one ever would else try to do even. But Stuff Plus is a statistic that tries to basically measure just the physical qual- qualities of a pitch. So just the physical aspects of the pitch. And uh, you're talking about things like um, spin rate, yeah, but just velocity, movement. Uh, it's all defined off the fastball, too, so it's movement differential. It's uh, trying to kind of look at the physical characteristics of a good pitch. And... Uh, I think it's really important because I think one of the things that we've always looked at is velocity. And so that was like step one. We we're like, oh, dude, that guy throws 100. But then we had enough guys where you're like, man, that dude throws 100 and they still spank it. The guy I think of a lot is Nate Eovaldi. Like that dude throws 100 and people love hitting his fastball because it's super straight. And he had a whole breakout when he started throwing his fastball like 30% of the time. And had a cutter and a, and, a, and a splitter and all these other pitches that he was throwing instead of his fastball. Because even though his fastball is 100, it wasn't that good. So, <laughs> you know, this, this uh, you know, metric tries to catch uh, also the guys who throw 90 and have incredible movement on their pitches and are still in the league. Um, so, you know, movement is as important as velocity in a lot of cases. Well, Brad Penny comes to mind as someone that probably could have used analytics. If you remember, he threw like 100 and he would still get smacked and ride a five plus era but um you know just real fast back to stuff plus who so you you kind of explained what it is who records all this and shoves it into whatever metric that spits out that says it's stuff plus like who's collecting that data yeah you know the 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 data collection is really important because um i think about uh about uh say about 15 years ago we started having cameras so we had pitch fx and um, the cameras could tell you basically how much the pitch moved because they would have the beginning location and the end location. Um, and that was about it. And the velo. So that was actually a really big uh, change because before we'd be like, well, this guy has good movement on his sinker, you know, <laughs> like we think. <laughs> uh, then you started putting numbers to it. And the first time I ever saw anyone write anything about any sort of stuff metric was in 2018. He's now... Jeremy Greenhouse, he's now the head uh, nerd for the Cubs. Um, and uh, he wrote about stuff, and he wrote about it with just movement uh, from the, these uh, these cameras. Since then, we had TrackMan, and then TrackMan was a little bit more precise with the movement and did some other things that we could do. And then in 2020, we installed Hawkeye, which is the thing that if you're watching tennis, it's the thing that goes beep you know, when they, when they make a fault. So... Hawkeye has been used extensively in tennis to decide what is a fault and what's not. Um, and now we have it in baseball. And the reason that's so cool is these are really, really high quality cameras. And they can they can tell you the direction of the spin on the ball 
Um, they can tell you all sorts of cool stuff out of, uh, you know, that we didn't know before. And that's allowed us to make the best stuff metrics. So MLBAM, which is, you know, a, a wing of base of, of Major League Baseball, collects those stats. And this is what makes them different than other sports. They allow us to have it. You know, there's a lot of stats in soccer and basketball and football that the general public is never allowed to see because the teams have made an arrangement or the league has made an arrangement. They don't they don't really see the, the, the reason to put that data out there for free. Uh, but baseball has I think you know, I think they did the right thing, because what happens is you get a bunch of nerds like me who are trying to, like, you know, develop secondary stats. And then people end up in front offices It ends up being a farm system for analytics for baseball where there are literally people that just use the free data, do cool stuff, and then get hired by baseball. Um, and so that, you know, this, there are guys like me who have made stuff metrics uh, who are hired by teams. And so I'd say about half to two thirds of the teams have their own stuff metric by now. Who, who invented stuff plus? Yeah, that's a tricky question because uh, Jeremy Greenhouse's uh, metric was uh, I don't think it was called Stuff Plus, but he he wrote a piece called On That Stuff. So uh, he was he was on it first, um, and then Driveline Baseball and I uh, were developing Stuff Pluses at the same time, uh, and now there's probably like four or five public ones. So I'm gonna say if it's really specifically Stuff Plus, Driveline and I were were on it at the same time, and that's kind of cool too. Uh, drivelines heat maps uh, are on the can. Uh, the, and those heat maps are, are basically the underlying um, the underlying work underneath Stuff Plus. It's basically you can see where good combinations of velo and movement are. And that's why Driveline uh, slid into our DMs um, <laughs> when we made this label. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, I, I don't know, Nick... Nick kind of just runs off on his own making these labels and just dropping all these heat maps. And I'm having to scramble. I'm like, well, we'll send you guys some beer. They're cool. They're cool, so. though. They're oh, cool. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I think that they recognize that uh, you know, there's, no, there's not a lot of money being made by, like, you know, stopping this because their heat maps are on it. Uh, and I bet you they were angling for free beer because they like good beer uh, <laughs> and uh, they will really appreciate a beer that says stuff plus on. It. I mean, like they will be laughing about it this as hard as I am. So and I don't think there's, you know, between us, there isn't a lot of uh, who got there first and their model. You know, their model does different things than mine. It's a little bit different because their model is based on training. So their model has to be quicker, has to be you can have to use it on more machines because there's Rap Soto, there's TrackMan. So their model is a little bit simpler than mine because they want to be able to working with a pitcher in a training session and be like, oh, that was your best sinker today by Stuff Plus. And like real time, they want to be able to work in real time and say, keep throwing it like that. Do that one again. So yours uh, is more analytical. Mine's like, more analytical, like who's the good pitchers. Uh, and so I want to throw in more stuff in there. So mine has stuff from like seam shifted wake, which is like this new way of, of thinking about um what the seams do and uh we have we have stuff that only hawkeye has um and so i can't i have to have a, a dumber version for you know for training and you know certain colleges are asking me uh uh you know for stuff plus i have to make a, a rap soto version and so and so on and so forth theirs is there's just like a very simple version that's quicker and faster and better for training and they seem to run like training complexes it, it's 
seems like not just one site. Um, is that right, Eno? Yeah, yeah. They've got uh, now they've got a real big one in Arizona, which makes sense. Um, and then one of the things that they've done that's uh, revolutionized uh, baseball a little bit is uh, they do um, they can accredit you. Uh, so they will accredit people in the driveline way of anal analysis and, and all their tools. And so there will be, you know, trainers at other places that are accredited through driveline. That's cool. I, I like their Instagram like page. Franchising almost. <laughs> yeah, that that's, I guess that's kind of what I was wondering. Um, I like their Instagram page. You see like these batters um, just hitting in the cage and then they're just celebrating like they won the World Series, but it's because like they hit like a, 105 exit below. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just whatever their personal best. And I'm sure there's pitching versions of that too, but it's, it's pretty cool to see those guys happy. The first time driveline sort of entered, I think Instagram and Twitter consciousness was they did these thing called pull downs where the pitchers would run, uh, you know, off the mound and throw as hard as they could into the radar. Um, and, uh, it had a real basis in what they were doing training wise, but yeah, if they hit, they would hit like 115. Like some guys would throw 108, 110 uh, because they got that running start and everything. And then they'd, they'd go all crazy. And that was like, that's like the first driveline videos that ever made it to. to uh... And then, of course, there's other people underneath it going ball. Yeah, <laughs> that was a ball. Or, or people underneath Travel. it being like, well, you can't run off the mound in the, in the big league. So how, what use is this? And it's just like, well, it's training. Wait, let's take a real quick sponsor break. Um, and we get back, we'll you know, let's talk about stuff. I, I didn't even mean that. That was a good pun, huh? Plus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts. Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Right, you know, so the other day, Dan sent you a pitch by Greg Weizertz. Weiz mm -hmm. Weizert? How do you say that, right? I don't know. I thought it was Nestor Cortez. I never looked it up. It just uh, <laughs> was a little guy. Um, what? Explain that pitch to me. The one where uh, a, a Diaz thinks he's going to get tagged, but then the and it's like right down the middle. Yeah, so I mentioned Seam Shifted Wake is uh, this new way that we've analyzed um, how pitches move. We used to think that basically just the direction of the spin determined, you know, entirely how a pitch moved. Um, but, you know, a researcher named Barton Smith, who's a aeronautical engineer uh, professor at oh, Utah State. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
was like, no, no, no. Look, if you use high speed cameras and like, you know, certain detection devices, you can actually see that the seams create a wake. And so uh, depending on if the seams gather in a certain place on the ball, like uh, you can actually throw a, a ball so that the seams are all sort of circling around the top. Right. And he says, if you do that, the, you know, there's a continuous sort of seam on one side, it's going to create a wake and that'll push, that'll pull the ball or push the ball depending on where the wake is. And that'll change the, the flight of the ball. And this is really important because that's really deceptive movement because the hitters will see the arm slot and they'll see the spin. They'll say, okay, this ball is going to do that. And uh, then you can, with the seams, kind of do something different that the hitter doesn't expect. This is what we thought makes sinkers and changeups good. The pitch you showed me is a slider. And what people found in sort of the second wave of seam shifted wake research is you can actually make your breaking balls better by putting the seams in a certain area. And they call this pitch the sweeper. And it's a little bit close to what people used to call a slurve. It's a very sideways slider. Um, it's like a, it's a slider velo, but kind of a curved shape. It's like a sideways pitch, very sideways. It's like the opposite of a two-seamer. It just goes the other way. So the reason it, why and, it's so tough on people is it actually doesn't drop as much as they'd expect. So it's like very too plain. It just goes sideways and doesn't go down. Uh, and people end up swinging underneath that. But that sweeper is huge. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, they're all over it. So is that that's a reliable enough physics predictability that pitchers can train to do that? Yeah, well, you know, I did just talk to a teammate uh, of Weissert's, uh, Clark Schmidt, and he said, you know, my sinker is a two a seam shifted wake sinker. Um, he's a very, he's a kind of an over the top guy that only has like sort of vertical movement. And by adding a seam shifted wake sinker, he added something with a little wiggle. Um, and he said, consistency is the hardest thing. So, I mean, you nailed it. Like that, it, it, you, you know, when you make a GIF of it, you're like, oh my God, that looks amazing. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's not always there. So the, the, the best pitchers, the ones that are, are doing it all the time have found a way to be really consistent with it, but it depends really much on the grip. So you really have to nail the grip and the release and get everything right because that the, those seams have to catch the air in just the right way. Yeah. It seems like it'd be really risky to throw that if you're not really adept at it. Yeah, and I think that's something that happens in baseball is, okay, there's this trendy new thing. Oh, the sweeper. Oh, it's taking over baseball. We're going to, like the Mariners were teaching all their kids sweepers, and uh, the Yankees were teaching so many people sweepers. Well, that means there's going to be some bad sweepers. There's going to be people that weren't, like, set up to do it. Uh, there's this kid, Logan Gilbert, who came up with the Mariners, and he came up with the sweeper, and he couldn't command it. And he had a really bad first year. They sent him back to basically kind of like a cutterish hard slider, and he's taken off this year. So, you know, also, it's a really big pitch, and it's really hard to command. So if you don't have good natural command or good natural breaking ball command or command of your other pitches, then you can be screwed by that, too. That's why Gilbert, in the end, he said, I couldn't put the slider where I wanted it to. So, I, you know, I'd rather have a smaller slider I can command. Um, but you're, that's something that happens. You know, we went to four-seamers, right? There was a, tr a trend before this where we were like, oh, four-seamers with ride. That's what everything is. Everything's about four-seamers up in the zone. And then a whole bunch of people who had bad four-seamers were throwing four-seamers, and that was contributed to how many homers we saw. What's a four-seamer? 
a four seamer is just a fastball that is kind of straight and has a little hop to it at the end. A two seamer is a fastball that has more sideways movement. So a four seamer is just a what you call a fastball, quote unquote. For what like at first glance seems like such a simple sport, baseball is ridiculously <laughs> complicated. <laughs> I think it probably. I think there's you know every sport if you kind of uh, if you kind of just like burrow in you know. But one thing that's cool about baseball that lends itself to this, I think, is that they stop playing uh, and restart like that. That you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's at bats. So yeah. They stop. They stop. They stop. And that just makes it uh, really easy to analyze statistically. Think about soccer. They're just running around. Like, when do you stop it? How do you say when this happens? Like, in football, at least there's plays. So you can say, oh, on third down, you know, at this game state, you know, people who've tried running plays, this has happened. You know, yeah. that's that's football analytics. You can at least do that because there's plays. It stops. But soccer, they just just always moving. And you have to be able to say things like, you know, in this, you know, with this format, you know, if they're covering them in this way, this thing sometimes happens, you know, it's much more like a fluid heat map type of uh, thing in soccer analytics. I think baseball is just really set up. Plus they like, I, I think baseball fetishizes statistics more than any other sport almost. Oh, without like, a doubt. Do you, but there's also, I, because there's so many football, more. Do you guys know the golden numbers in football? Like, what are they? I don't like, are there like, is there like a touchdown, you know? Well, they, I mean, they, they they'll just, that everybody knows about the, the no, because, well, I'm sure there are people who know about them, but there's also like one of those, like there's, it's almost like an everyone gets a trophy type thing where it's like, <laughs> this is the most touchdown scored, like with the blah, 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 oh, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. I hate when they do that. Yeah. It, yeah. it seems like in football, people don't care as much about the stats. You're right. Um, and then I, I feel like baseball was like, that's all anyone cared about. But I do think that Barry Bonds and some of his colleagues uh, kind of made it where people care a little less than they used to. Cheater. Like, I mean, with what Judge is doing this year is so absurd and it's not getting anywhere near the run as when Bonds yeah. or McGuire or Sosa were doing it because it's just kind of like, yeah, we've seen this. I wonder yeah. if he also, is, uh, if there's some intrigue missing where – um, you know, one of the cool things about when Barry was doing it was that there was always Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Yeah, it was so a there race. Was, there was more of a race. Uh, I think uh, Judge right now is further ahead on second place than uh, than like anyone's ever been. Like, <laughs> I think he's like 16, I think maybe 19 homers up on second place. And like, you know, I think the record is 15. Uh, so, and Babe Ruth did it, so... You know, it's not something that happens a lot. We're just one guy. He's hitting homers as if the ball was still juiced, and everybody else is hitting homers like the ball is dead. So I watched – I let's go back to sticky stuff because I watched a video recently talking about how sticky stuff is back, but no one seems to care anymore Like because it was going yeah, through like, those... I don't. I don't even want to write about it anymore. <laughs> I mean – because they they were they went through the analytics like showing like this what you broke about the spin rates going up astronomically and then all of a sudden when it started to get cracked down on dropping and then now they're creeping starting yeah they're creeping back up but no one's checking or no one's getting caught and no one cares anymore I think uh I think if we're if we're being fair 
Um, I think the reason why people don't care as much is a, it's not like steroids where you feel like, Oh, that guy got big and he's really great. There, there were some cheaters that weren't that good, you know? And so it's not, it's not like an, like a really easy do a therefore B happens, you know? So, um, you know, then on top of that, like increasing your spin rate, like that's something that you talk around in, in the bar, you know, like, Oh yeah. man, <laughs> James Karinchak's spin rate was like 3,000, and then he stopped cheating, and it was down to like 2,200, and now he's back up to 2,800. It's like <laughs> just not, I don't know. There's <laughs> some people saying that, but not a lot. Um, and then uh, the other thing is, and this is the part why I'm tired of it, I actually think baseball tried to do something. I think it was a good idea because uh, that sticky stuff does contribute to more strikeouts, and I think we have too many strikeouts in the game. And I think they tried to do as much as they could. And I think maybe it's impossible to get it out of the game. There's a, so I mentioned Karinchak by name and I feel I try not to do that too often, but he's probably the poster boy for this, where he's a reliever for the, 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 uh, uh, for the guardians. And he had a really big spin rate. And then the sticky stuff enforcement came in, his spin rate dropped off like 400, 500 RPM. It was really big. He got sent to the minors. He couldn't do anything. He was terrible. Like, he was out of baseball almost came back on the last day of the season and had a 2,800 RPM all of a sudden everyone said, Oh, maybe that was just one game. Who knows? You know, then this year he comes back and he's back at like 2,800, which is not quite where he was. His peak was, but you know, you're everyone's like, okay, so what's he doing? So everyone's saying, Oh yeah, look at how much he touches his hair. Look at how much he touches his hair. And you could watch it. He's just massages his hair every time gets something out of it, it seems like, goes to the rosin, combines something in his hands, has some sticky stuff, throws the pitch. And it seems really obvious that he's doing this. Well, the other day, one of the other opposing managers said, hey, go check him out. And literally, they did what I think is the only thing they're not doing yet, which is MMA-style check-ins. You know, in MMA, they actually, the, the, the ref or umpire, whatever you call him there, actually, like, sticks his hands into the hair of the fighter behind the ears and like like it's like a like a little sexy dish you know like it's like really kind of like like next step is you know a, a, an embrace and a kiss you know like he's just really getting up in that guy's business and i thought that would be really weird in baseball if let's say you're going to the ballpark and before every pitcher comes in, the umpire takes both of his hands and caresses and, there. and caresses the guy well that's what happened the other day with Karinchak, someone said, check his hair. And so the umpire, there's literally video of the umpire just running his fingers through the hair and like <laughs> touching it and moving it around. And it's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen in baseball. And he didn't catch him, didn't say anything. So I think what pitchers have found is something that's clear, something that is clear and wet, like bullfrog or hair gel that they can combine with the rosin, they can get 80% of what they used to get in terms of sticky stuff. And before the umpire touches their hands and does the hand check, all they have to do is wipe it off on their on their pants. And because it's clear and it comes off easily, they can't. And, and I think the guy touching his hair was like, yeah, there's hair gel in it. Am I supposed to now decide that he has too much hair gel in here? <laughs> like... So that, like, that where, was where's the line? That where's, was one of the things that that video pointed out. They had like multiple reasons why they're they're saying like no one cares about it anymore. It's like 
one that whatever they're using is like a more natural thing. It's not over the top like Spider Tack was. Spider Tack. So well, I mean, you guys did the video. Like, yeah, you can't get that off your hand in time or for any, a handshake. It was, it right? was, you guys were like. Yeah washing for days right? my house had <laughs> remnants of it everywhere for like a month <laughs> and, and and like we just had a little bit of it <laughs> and um then that's were, literally designed for like world's strongest men people to like stick it stick boulders to their hands <laughs> so that they won't like fall yeah. and like it can separate your shoulder like sometimes oh, because the boulder will it's fall so and take it hit your hand to... with it yeah <laughs> Um, and then another reason they gave is that it's in um, it's in the batter's best interest for the pitcher to mm. have more control anyway because it could, theoretically will cut down on hit batters. Um, Maybe. And- I'm agnostic on that one. I, I, I don't find that one super compelling. A couple of reasons I say that's not super compelling is hit by pitches are at an all-time high. Um, uh, I think they did say they did give that caveat. Yeah, hit by pitches are all time high, and I think that the the real reason hit by pitches are up is we're throwing higher in the zone. It's harder to get your upper body out of the way of a pitch than it is your lower body. So, um, and then what was you know, it's really hard to analyze that because there's all these things pushing in different directions, and yeah, pitching high in the zone, pitching. We also uh, like I have this the stat stuff plus teams are obviously rewarding stuff over command. They will pay a lot more in the open market for stuff. And so if you value stuff over command, then that's another reason you'd be hitting people. Uh, so no would matter. it be worse if they didn't have sticky stuff? Yeah, so Maybe, just statistically, but... there are going to be more pitches that get away from you and don't do what you intended. Is that because what you mean? Because we're valuing stuff. And okay. we're asking pitchers to throw basically as hard as they can all the time. And that's another reason why they might not have command like they used to. So. Uh, would it maybe be higher? Would they be more hit by pitches if they didn't have sticky stuff? Maybe, but uh, that one I just I'd say I'd say incomplete. You know, if I'm a grader. <laughs> and then they were just pointing out too that it's just at the point like where, I mean, kind of like the steroids where everyone's doing it, so they don't want to point fingers, kind of. Yeah, that was that was why it never broke. I mean, I literally had pitchers telling me, uh, "Please don't write about this." Uh, you know, my buddies do this, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't even do it, but my buddies do it, which I don't even know if that's true anymore. You know? Yeah. Like, um, and then uh, when it did come out, the reason why we didn't get anybody on record was the same idea where it's like, if I go on record as saying someone else is doing it, then the minute we step in the box against that team, they're going to check me. Yeah. So I just, I thought it was a, that was an interesting video like them just showing the charts of spin rate like going up 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 then off a cliff and, and then just starting to go in. yeah like went and then showed like all the clips of uh pitchers flipping out whenever they were being checked coming off the field then to spin oh. to sp- yeah it also put a lot of power in in the umpire's hands which wasn't really oh yeah uh, oh who was it where they showed madison Bumgarner, where he was rubbing like rubbing his hands staring at him in the eyes (laughs) they were having a fight about balls and strikes like every other pitcher and umpire in history yeah and uh and the umpire was mad about it so when he came off for the check he gave him this dead eye stare just in his eyes while he's touching him and gave him like a like a 
two minute like this is supposed to be like a 20 second thing where they just touch yeah it like, like 10 awkwardly was he caressing was, his was really really long just staring at him bum garner's a stare down specialist <laughs> i know no one yeah, can forget that joe west stare down yeah i mean bum garner is the reddest of asses so uh, <laughs> he, he didn't take it he didn't take it well and uh, it turned into him being being thrown out of the game has anyone been can, I haven't paid as much attention to baseball as I'd like this year. Um, has has anyone actually been ejected or suspended this year from sticky stuff? I haven't One seen it. Person, man, Hector Santiago, and I hate when this happens. When it's like, dude, I can tell you because I wrote that story. I can tell you the biggest names in the sport were doing it, like the biggest future Hall of Famers, and all of them had their own sticky stuff concoctions. And we're talking about a bunch of players who are first ballot hall of famers that have this stuff, you know, like, I, like I don't want to name names and get that whole thing started again. And then Hector Santiago, who's just like, you know, barely has one foot in baseball gets kicked out for having pine tar in his glove too close to his thumb or something. He's like a screwball guy too. So I don't even know that. Like, I don't even know. I, I, my read is it was by accident and it sucked because he was barely in baseball and i don't think he's pitched since like so kind of like suspended ruined his chances and, yeah and that's not at all what i wanted when i reported the story <laughs> you know what i mean like to to write a story where you're like you know the biggest names in baseball are doing it and way to go nerd you ruined person, his career i know and then <laughs> the only person who gets popped is hector santiago god i feel <laughs> so bad when that came through dude all right, well, let's take uh, one more quick sponsor break, and then we get back. Hopefully, it'll be quickly because Dan won't interrupt me from rejoining <laughs> the cast again. Um, we can. We should probably get your take on the beer. I don't even think we've asked you that yet. Um, yes, let's. So we will be right back. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. All right, Eno, what do you think of stuff plus the beer? I love it. Give us a breakdown. The inspirations that I had uh, going into this uh, were Alpine Duet, 
Um, and uh, and this is the old Alpine, uh, not to be confused with what's going on now. <laughs> who, who owns them now? Green Flash bought mm. it, and then Green Flash got bought. I yeah, think. I can't remember who bought Green Flash. Some sort of conglomerate. And oh, they, that's right. It was. Uh, it doesn't matter. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> was it like a Craft Brewers Alliance or something? Yeah, it was, like it was one, one of those mini ones. Yeah. And but they did the they, the Green Flash. Green Flash is just as an aside. Green Flash is. I, I was doing chats on Fangraphs and was recommending beers to people, and uh, that's how this whole beer side gig started. And I would tell people Green Flash West Coast IPA. That's a really great beer. Um, and then they just went on and had the worst experience of almost any brewery in the whole ups and downs of the recent uh, industry ups and downs. You know what I mean? Like they were, they were a hot little brewery that had a hot beer and then they did a, a label redesign that was awful and their label redesign was terrible. And then they tried to open up a, 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 a brewery, like a second production brewery in, in Char in, in North Carolina, like everybody else. And they went yeah. and they were like, oh, yeah, we're big enough. Everyone knows loves West Coast IPA. Let's just make a ton of West Coast IPA in Charlotte. And and the people on the West Coast, on the East Coast were kind of like, who? And then yeah, they, because and then, when they did that, they had only been distributing out here for maybe a year. And it yeah. was only like the super craft beer nerds that were drinking it. Yeah. And they, and there was, and they, and then all of a sudden they were bad because there were, there was like pallets of them in Safeways and stuff like, and, and Kroger's and where it's just like, oh man, like, like learn a lesson from Green Green Flash. And then they, they tried to gobble up Alpine because Alpine did have the, like the beer nerd cachet and like everyone loved Alpine Nelson and Alpine Duet. Like those are some of the best beers ever. Um, and again, bad label redesign and then sending it to everywhere to where it was like, Oh, and like the quality totally went down. They hamstrung their brewer uh, and their brewer like quit early on. He's now back in business at uh, under the McElninney. Uh So if you ever on the West Coast, if you hear of McElninney, that's that's the original Alpine brewer. OK, uh, making beers again. I've but, definitely um, heard that name. Yeah. But in any case, uh, I forget. Uh, oh, Sweet, so Alpine Duet. The owner of Sweetwater. The parent company of Sweetwater ah, is who. There you uh, go. Yeah. who bought uh, green flash and 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 actually it's funny because the other inspiration uh was Pliny the elder and if there's a, a good story of the recent uh craft beer times i think it's russian river where they stayed small and everyone wanted Pliny, and it was like this thing that people would fly to san francisco to drink Pliny the Pliny the younger and Pliny the elder was a thing you could get anything you wanted in a trade Pliny yeah. the Elder, you know, it's like one of these like hallowed names and they just little bit by little bit up their production. They made an agreement with the Giants and then they built a, a second production facility. But they it's still you still can't get Alpine. Uh, you still can't get Russian River in, you know, in Atlanta. You know, um, so they've been really careful about their distribution. So in any case, uh, uh, from Duet, we got do you help me out here, Dan? From Duet, we got, um, uh, was it Mosaic and? Um, he doesn't know. <laughs> what's the third one? No, we, <laughs> Simcoe, Mosaic, Simcoe. and um, Amarillo. So Duet is two because it's Alpine Duet, so it's two. So I think it might be Simcoe and Amarillo. That would make sense because uh, it's an older beer. Yeah. Mosaic's so a newer hop, isn't it? 
ish. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to throw in, I wanted to throw in something, just a new spin on Alpine duet and, and give it that sort of stickiness of, of Planet of the Elder. I think it's great. You know what? This is, uh, to me, a throwback beer. And it's kind of cool because right now I'm getting a little bit tired of hazies. And uh, there's so many hazies that are just chewy molar beers. They're back in the molars um, and uh, too sweet. And uh, this one has a little bit of bitterness to it. And like, hail bitterness, dude. Where did bitterness go? It's coming back, though. This is what I might be able to give my dad. My dad really loves, um, uh, what's the bitterest beer you can think of? Palette Wrecker. No, that's a good one. <laughs> Stone is so bitter. Uh, no, um, from from San Francisco, Anchorstein. Oh, really? There, I think it's really bitter. You know, have you had, you haven't had it in a while, bro. I have. I mean, it'd be absolutely forever. Well, my dad thinks that all my beers are too sweet. Okay, and he loves Anchorstein. Well, that's because so. Dan's sending you all his jams. <laughs> I like I like this as a little bit of bitterness, mm. and it really reminds me of of uh, the West Coast IPAs, not the West Coast IPAs we have now, which are um, very clear and very sweet and not that uh, bitter. I almost have no bitterness. It's like some weird. Yeah, thing. it's um, it's definitely way more rare when someone makes West Coast IPA. They make it, if that they make it as bitter as they used to be. Right now, it's like it's yellow, right? Yeah, they like kind this of is brown. This they've is kind brown. of like it's closer to brown. There's some hazy eyed them, hazy eyed them. A yeah, there's like but... hazy West Coast IPAs without the haze. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a they should always have a new designation for this new West Coast IPA. It should be like a new West Coast IPA. This is an old West Coast IPA. But I, awesome. I think um th- there's definitely a slow return to more bitterness. There there are definitely more and more beers coming out that have a higher level of bitterness too. One of the one of the separators for hazy for me from East Coast and West Coast has been that um, the West Coast uh, relies more on citrus to give you a, a kind of a faux bitterness. Yeah, there's a lot of that for sure. So, you, so the citrus ends the the haziness and kind of crisps it up a little bit. It's almost like bitterness. It's like a little bit of, and then there's places I had some Vale recently. Um, and uh, and I like them, but there are a lot of breweries like the Vale and 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 East Coast hazies where it's pretty sweet, and there's they don't necessarily have that citrus to to balance it, so then it becomes kind of like sweet and mushy. Yeah, I mean, I and I really I liked some of my Vale beers. I'm not I'm not saying I didn't, but so you're happy with this one? Yeah. Do you like this yeah. better than sticky Good stuff? Job, Dan. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I like this a lot think, better than uh, sticky stuff. The, the bitter, the bitterness is good. It finishes off the taste. Not as much of a lemon skittles aftertaste. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like this. <laughs> I like this one a lot. Yeah. Um. So, what did you find in why uh, beer sucks so much at stadiums? Yeah, um, some of it is no dash because um, just think about the, the stories we were just telling about like Green Flash and and small breweries and, and and Dan can attest to this is like sort of the growth of a brewery and a small brewery, like how you have to be careful. You want to grow, but you want to grow too fast. You don't want to. So think about like Dan, like think about if the Orioles came to you and said, 
We want to put Hops the Cat in O Stadium. Like, could you even say yes? No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would just well, we'd have to contract it or something. We yeah, we wouldn't be able yeah. to do it. You would like you don't have the capacity. No. So that's a, that's a big deal, and you know, one of the I think one of the uh, the interesting things about craft beer is like when you're small, you have. It's like the Russian River thing I was talking about. When you're small, you have the cachet, and people are like, "Oh, when you're in Baltimore, you got to go to you got to go to full tilt," you know. Um, and then, but you when you're small, you want to grow, you want to grow, you want to grow. There has to be a moment where you decide: Are we going to open up a bigger production facility? And that's always just a really maddening moment where you're like, "We could, we would love to have the more production. We don't want to overproduce. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to like." We want to hold on to a little bit of that, like, ooh, we're cool and small. And also, though, though, that's just an astronomical capital outlay to do that. Yeah. 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 And basically, and, and so the economics of it are bad for, especially for smaller ones. So if you're saying, like, why can't I get the veil in, in, in DC Park or whatever, right? Well, the reason you like the veil is because nobody else can get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a, that, that definitely that's part plays of a big part. Yeah. <laughs> the reason you want it is because you can't get it. So they have a small production like full tilt, you know. And so then the other part of it is the actual agreement is more like marketing. So the actual agreement is okay. We, the Baltimore Orioles, will agree to buy a huge amount of beer that you think is like, Oh my God, I got to open up a production facility to make this happen. Right? Like we're going to, they're going to buy liters and liters and liters and kegs and kegs and kegs. Uh, we also want you to pay the, the, the fee, the marketing, the, the sponsorship fee. And which the way is tens I had described, of thousands of dollars. Was it was tens of thousands yeah. of dollars. And the way I had it described was the, the fee minus uh, the money you make off the beer cancels out. And for the brewery, what you get are two things. You don't get money. You get two things. You get free tickets to the game hmm. uh, and your name out there. So that's why some breweries do it and some breweries don't. But that's also why who's at uh, who's in Baltimore is Flying Dog, right? No, uh, Union, DC. Union DC Heavy Seas, and um, Guinness. So Union there, who's been around forever and is like kind yeah. of a, a bigger, they've 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 grown a little bit. They they have production facilities, you know. Down yeah. in, I mean, in there's DC, still one facility, but they're much and much. And Flying larger. Dog was has been around since uh since Craft 1.0, right? Yeah. Like Flying Dog was yep. was in the late late ninety six, I think. So you know, out here it's Firestone Walker, right? You know, it, it has to be a big enough brewery where they have marketing budget. They want to get their name out there. They have the capacity to make it. And I think to some extent in New York, they just don't have that. Like, actually, if you think I about think... the breweries in New York, who who could be big enough to do it? Is other half big enough? Um, McKellar went and this did something point, with the probab- Mets. But... They're probably large enough to be able to at least yeah, supply. Yeah, because they the... now have like they have Philly and DC. Yeah, but I so still maybe don't... other half could do it. I mean, then and then the last part is on the smaller places like Wrigley and Fenway. Uh, they just have a tiny ass concourse, mm-hmm. so they have an excuse built in for you know we just don't have the space to like create new spaces. 
what they've done in San Francisco, though, is cans. Cans, there's two things that I offer uh, as the sort of analysis that comes out of this. Cans are the future because in San Francisco, they said, oh, well, we can't give you tap handles everywhere because Firestone Walker is our sponsor and they own the tap handles that, you know, they paid for, right? But Cellarmaker, a, lo- a local smaller place, we can take your cans and we can just put them in little places and they have $15 cans. And for Cellarmaker, you know, they did open up a production facility, but that was a good, a good idea for them to get their name out there further. And the other part is I don't actually have uh, enough excuses for Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium should have better beer. I they probably just charge they're probably in like hundreds of thousands to, like to the, yeah the the marketing agreement yeah it's just too much for any brewer I was running flying dog is I think flying dogs at every major stadium in the DMV I think yeah. they're in, at every football and baseball stadium all four but of it's them. weird because you would never talk to a craft beer nerd and be like oh you got to get that flying dog <laughs> I mean, yeah, they definitely, definitely would. <laughs> well, maybe they have, uh, you know, some stouts and stuff that, you know, some you can't find. <laughs> um, so basically, it just comes down to the uphill battle that craft beer sees everywhere. Money. I think it's a, I think it's a fundamental crisis you know, within craft beer is that whole, you know, if you're small, people lust after you, and then. How do you make the leap to to mid major? Who who do you think has done it successfully? I I kind of think out here Firestone Walker is a success story. They still have stouts and sours that people you know line up for, not line up for, but you know want. And yeah, Fire Firestone Walker is kind of a unicorn, where yeah, they're huge. The only one. <laughs> They've been around forever, but they still do interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, like, but they're also part of a group that, like, maybe has some similarities. Boulevard might be the only one that's kind of like Firestone Walker, where, you know, Saison Breda is still a good beer, and they still do some interesting stuff. And I'm just trying, I can't think of anyone else that would be quite to the size of Firestone Walker. Well, like, is Sierra too big for what you guys are saying? Because Sierra gets more respect, really, than any big brewery. Like but, I, I feel like people out here respect Sierra more than Sam. I was gonna, and the like, other one I was gonna say was Sam. Yeah, yeah but so like Sam Sierra, Adams and Sierra are like the the grandpas. Basically, you you meet any brewer, and they're in. You know, I've listened to enough of Chris's episodes, and they're like, "What well, yeah. was your um your gateway was, beer?" That's one of his main questions, and SMP, everyone yeah, always yeah. says Sierra Pale. Yeah, and, yeah. You, you know, it's cool to like Sierra. Yeah, but I think from the standpoint of like what Ina is saying, like like a large brewery that's still and also since then, who's mm-hmm. who's who's graduated? Like who's oh. who's graduated from being small? Like I'm saying, Firestone Walker. Because if you're small, that's cool. You can you can make a living being a small brewery and having people come and visit you and and just having a good brew pub and you know it, it can work out. But then, you know, how do you, out here field work has eight brew pubs and zero distribution? That's that's a that's a bit of a model. Just yeah, keep opening brew up. Pubs brew are pubs. very profitable. <laughs> right. And then and distribution is not. No. So I think the problem is distribution. Mm-hmm. Dan <laughs> loves distribution. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um so you're probably not too far from actually driving things around in your car yourself. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have done that recently during the. Ah, I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> the the yeah, Subaru still delivers beer. Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> I don't know. We we have a long storied history with the distribution, not distribution. I mean, the, uh-huh. the fact of the matter is, is, you know, any beer that you can sell direct to the consumer, obviously you're making a whole lot more money, right. especially direct across the counter that you didn't even have to um, can package, pay for that aluminum, that label, you yeah. know, that's where the money's at. So what, right. what you said Fieldcraft is doing, um, that's yeah, how that I work, see the yeah. model is, yeah, yeah, for someone like us. Uh, and I think I got confused by the Firestone Um I don't know enough about their company, but isn't the Firestone part of Firestone Walker the tires? Yeah. No. So, yes. <laughs> no. I think. No, it's one one hundred percent. That's the same family. Oh, so they bought they that's they they bought it. They're no no no. It was one of the one of the relatives. Like uh, it's someone from the Firestone family that. Uh, that went on to. I mean, no, there's definitely there was a lot of money to begin with, it's and not, it was actually a winery to start with. Yeah, so, it's it's not like the the company Firestone owns right, Firestone yeah. Walker. It's someone. But it also, you, no, you're right. What you, are you saying that like it didn't sort of burst out of like a home brewer in his backyard? Like it always had a bit of money. Yeah, that that was my confusion. I was yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. didn't seem like they were hurting. Yeah, it's not like a it's not a Horatio Alger story. It's not like you know they came out of nothing because yeah they they were a big winery and they got bought by uh, the English guy had some money and that's why they have the bear and yeah. the lion mm-hmm. on it because the English guy had some money and he brought the he bought the bear and together they made beer but but in just in terms of a, a smaller brewery that has become bigger without offending me as much as some other places <laughs> yeah i can't I, <laughs> uh great lakes brewing and you i don't think they distribute in california yeah, at all but like they actually see some of them okay like but, I, they're darker beers i won't get their 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 pale ales but their darker beers will get out here um but yeah i can't i can't think of a whole ton I mean, you have some out in the East Coast where, like, Flying Dog and, and then Sam Adams as the grandpa and and then uh, Sweetwater or whatever. Yeah. That's that's the other big one. They're okay still, you know. Well, I, I have another question to rein it back into the local scene um, and has nothing to do with Firestone Walker, big breweries, small breweries. Um, what, you know, what chance do you give the Orioles to uh, grab one of those wild card spots? I feel like a large percentage of uh, Sands' listeners are Orioles fans or Nats fans. Orioles fans adjacent. Well, the, oh well, no! I think Look at this. I think you could give the Nats a zero percent chance. <laughs> yeah, that's zero. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm a numbers nerd, so uh, right. it, the officially it's zero for the Nationals. <laughs> Um, but i hadn't checked uh the o's recently uh by fan graphs the playoff odds are 1.7 percent my god they have had a thing yeah no they just had a horrific stretch like they 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 had this big series against the blue jays and they they got smoked and then the red Sox even took it to them the the only hope that they have is they have more games against the blue jays that's because true. you know they're five games out, and uh, you know they're five games behind the Blue Jays, and they have I think like six games left against the Blue Jays. So if they came and like swept the Blue Jays, then that you know the odds are just like what is the chance that they you know win the last six games against the Blue Jays? 
around 1.7 percent but that, it's not zero <laughs> right so you're saying there's a chance yeah, exactly take yeah. that. um next question I mean, every game they got against the blue jays they gotta win next question you know um who's gonna win the world series and why is it not the yankees well, the Yankees have really showed us uh, that there are some problems with their offense, I think. And uh, past Judge, I thought that they had five, six, seven guys that were pretty good past uh, past Judge even. Um, and now Ben Attendee is hurt. He was the only guy that was actually playing above average. Um, and then LeMayhew's hurt. And Donaldson is old. Uh, Hicks is old. Like, none of them are actually uh, looking. It's not looking like a great lineup. And uh, I prefer to kind of like, especially, I don't know if it's recency bias, but the Braves last year were an exciting young team with athletes uh, that sort of came together and they lost to Cunha, but they, they, they ran all through the, the playoffs. Uh, I think that's more likely that it's uh, uh, like the Blue Jays or Mariners pull off something like that, mm-hmm. um, where they just coalesce at the right time. Uh, but on the, uh, on the other side of the coin, um, I, I, you know, I think the Mets, uh, could do it. So I'm going with, uh, Mets blue Jays as the world series. You forgot that the Mets are not going to get there because of that, those trumpet stunts that they've been pulling. <laughs> it's it's Jerry Seinfeld said <laughs> Seinfeld is a, is a, a, a shit poster. And he got on, he got on like Instagram and was like, was he on Instagram? And he's like, you know, oh, because we did the the thing, we're not gonna. It's Timmy just Trumpets. like when we did the who who let the dogs out when we played when we had the Baja oh, boys yeah. come in and play who let the dogs out in 2002. I knew the World Series was over. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Mets Mets fan mentality. <laughs> that is, it is. <laughs> LOL, Mets will never die. Uh, but you know, the thing about you you see this as a Baltimore fan. Losing? Every year that yeah, yeah, but every year that every year that you get better, like so. You, so this year, right? So this year you thought we have no chance, right? Correct. And then then there was like a oh hey we're a little better than I thought. You still have we have no chance in the back of your head, mm-hmm. but it's it's not as loud. So next year if they're good again, we have no chance. It's a little bit less quiet, a little bit less loud. And yeah, but by then actually, they'll be bad again. <laughs> you no, have to we're on the up and up. LOL Mets. <laughs> you have to you have to keep pushing it, pushing it back because it keeps wanting to come out. I'm a believer like, going I see forward. it with the Padres out here. Huh? Oh no, I was saying I'm a believer in what the Orioles are doing. Yeah. Um and and it's clear that I don't want to take you down this tangent, but definitely analytics have a have a play in what they're doing with mm-hmm. Sig Dell and everything that those guys are doing, but it's like um, usually all their prospects uh, underperform and they're all overperforming, and it's good to see. So I am a believer. Yeah, and I think they also did the right thing with the park. You're because... a believer. Yes. So you, you, <laughs> love, you love you love Nickelback, Nickelback and, and Justin Bieber. Bieber. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, yeah, I think they did the right thing with the park too because they have these pitchers coming up. And also, when you have an extreme hitters park, it's very hard to sign pitchers. But like, think about this this offseason. I know Corey Kluber is no big name or whatever, but if you wanted to sign a Corey Kluber guy to one in 10, in the past, you would have said, <laughs> no, thanks. Baltimore, I'm not pitching there. Not at the end of my career where I'm trying to like maybe position myself for a three-year deal. 
So they're now in position where in this offseason, if they want to sign a, a veteran pitcher to a one and ten, if they want Granky for a year, or if they want somebody else like that for a year, they those guys will sign with them. And that's important. You gotta be you gotta have a park that you can catch whatever values will come to you. Like there's no there's no value starting pitcher that's gonna sign in Colorado, you know. Yeah, they're kind of like eternally screwed. Uh, I'm not really sure what they could do about it because they can't move the fences back much further either. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it is interesting because like uh, all my friends and um, different people talking about the Orioles, it's like all they're taking is hitters. You know, when are they going to get pitching? Now we're good. We're just going to move the fence back. Uh, (laughs) And like that's literally what they did. And um, And use and use like stuff like, you know, like the, the underpinnings of stuff plus they're using that research to make their young pitchers better. So like Tyler Wells, he's a darling of stuff plus, mm. you know. Kyle Bradish has, you know, I, I was looking at his numbers, his stuff plus is really great on a slider and in his recent run of really good starts has been mostly by just throwing the slider half the time. You know, just throw the best pitch more often. So I think that they're I think they're they're like we're going to use analytics to make the, our pitchers the best they can be. It's either that or they hired my dad. Because my dad's two craziest sports takes <laughs> are that the Ravens needed to fire their strength and conditioning coach because they had all these injuries, and they did that. So oh. the Ravens are listening to him too. Oh. And then my dad just kept saying for years and years and years that the Orioles needed to move the fence back. And I just said, you're freaking crazy. They're not going <laughs> to move the fence back. How could they? There's seats there. Well, oh my they God. just plowed away and did it. I know for so, 100% he's brought this up to you this year. Uh, he actually he's probably forget he's Told not you so Dan. no he's <laughs> not been taking a victory lap maybe because uh, i just bring it up to him i'm like you're crazy and it actually happened but <laughs> i don't know i'll play this part for him maybe he'll just be like oh you see once in a while all right when i'm gm he's my special advisor <laughs> <laughs> he's not even drunk but it's like a drunk guy at a bar giving you some advice <laughs> um do you do you have any other questions on that list you had there have you you asked everything um i think i asked all the stupidest stuff Just a lot of <laughs> things about nickelback um asking you know for advice on my home run derby to make sure that i win uh, hit the ball hard hard yeah, hit yeah. The ball hard is the <laughs> exit best piece of advice you can give all right i did actually it. just talk to to uh, because my kids are in in uh in uh little league finally it took them a while because they they kind of didn't love baseball because it's what I do, you know, and it's mm. like it takes me away. Yeah, from no one wants to do what dad will, dad loves. Exactly, yeah. But they finally, their friends have started doing it, so they've been playing baseball. So I've been asking pitchers and hitters what I should tell my kids. Uh, and uh, hit the ball hard is way more important than hit in the air. Hmm. See, because I'm practically if a you manager. Think about it. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you tell a kid who doesn't have much power to hit in the air, he's just going to hit a bunch of flyouts. You got to tell them to hit it hard first. You know, the last time you were on, did I ask you stupid questions? Dan, you listened to the episode recently. Did I end it asking dumb questions? I didn't. Yeah, make it. We, we finished with three stupid questions. I, okay. I didn't make it to the end, but you obviously have to ask him number 19. Well, yeah, I didn't. I'm, you have 19 I'm, stupid questions? Oh, no, I have 38, 38 at this point. Them. 38? Yeah, he's not going to ask all of them. <laughs> I'm not going to ask. Did I ask you who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? No, you didn't ask him that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. no, you did ask me that. Yeah, one so uh, you... you You've got I, some stupid questions we've got out of the way. Yeah. 
Um, go lower on the list. Well, I, yeah, I need to go further down. I'm going to start where I know um, you would not have answered. What is the worst concert you have ever attended? Oh, that's a really good uh, question for me right now because I just took my kids to Imagine Dragons on uh, Dan loves on them night. too. No, it was Jeez. fun. It was not the worst concert <laughs> I ever attended. Well, I, it just it just at the tip of my my brain because of, <laughs> I've just seen it. Uh, what was the worst concert I've attended? Oh uh, man, come on, come on, come on. Oh, I did this run and uh, it was like a 5K. Um, and at the end, uh, there was uh, like a reggae band. And uh, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a Marley cover band. But they were all like really old and not, not very reggae. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, and like having been born in Jamaica and, and growing up there, like uh, Marley's like the pop, you know. So it was like <laughs> it was like being like subjected to like some like Mamas and the Papas cover band or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was like just some like you know like poppy thing. Or like oh my, you know my whole childhood is being. Um, this this question was obviously inspired by Dan. Is Nickelback a good band? <laughs> That's number nineteen. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna plead ignorance, man. Like, uh, what is what is Nickelback's biggest hit? I want you to sing it for me, Dan. This is how you remind me. That's all. You're doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. And then they all, all right. sound exactly like that. <laughs> every one of their songs is a rehash of a previous one um, <laughs> look at this photograph <laughs> um i mean i i i have liked uh worse bands <laughs> did i ask you to name a famous person that you would love to meet no i don't think so Name a famous person you would love to meet. Greg Maddox. Why? And I would tell him that I thought John Smoltz was better than him. <laughs> so not because you really want to meet them. It's more of a spite meeting. <laughs> no, I would just love to see what he said to them. Uh, and I think we could have some really interesting conversations about, uh, you know, one of the things that we found in our research is that command Pitchers miss their spots by 13 inches on average. So, you know, command, I would ask him something like, does command really exist? And how often did you miss your spots? And, you know, do you really think that the game sucks today because nobody can hit their spots? So I actually, was it yes? No, two days ago, I got to meet one of the only people on my list. Who was it? Kevin Smith. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I had a uh, I had a really, 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 really bad interview with Del the Funky Del the Funky Homo Sapien uh, when I used to do uh, music writing, and uh, so I wouldn't have uh, music. Uh, I wouldn't have a music artist on there, but I could see maybe a director or actor being on there. Um, music just it was. I was so devastated. That this there was this rapper like you guys don't even know who he is. No, no I don't. I have no idea. Uh, 
he's the rapper in Gorillas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I don't he's know done any other other. stuff, but he's the <clears throat> yeah. rapper in Gorillas. That's his most recent thing. Okay. But at the time, I was like, this is a rapper that I love. That is like this old school underground rapper, like blah blah blah. Like I, and then he was just awful to me, and I just it was so sad for me. So you have to be careful. Like I think, did in you that, have a good experience with Kevin Smith? Yeah, he gave me a hug. Ah, yes. He's, he's, one, he's one of the most down to earth, just amazing. Oh, I love that. That is guys. not how I described Del. <laughs> I, you know what? To come to think of it, I think that probably is one of the genres of celebrity that produces the most um, musicians. Yeah, musicians, and that would be the most disappointing to me because. Every time I've heard someone talk about meeting a celebrity that was like the classic out. don't meet your heroes type of thing, they were mostly Sorry. musicians. Yeah. I feel I like the part only- of it is just how many, how many, like, how many groupies throw themselves at Kevin Smith? Uh, probably not. I mean, his wife not that not was the only one, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots of men. Yeah. yeah. A, lot, a, lot, a lot of overweight People men. That's about it. <laughs> but, like, you know, uh, you know, your average rock star comes off the stage and i think you know, it's probably um, pretty hard to keep a level head when like everywhere you go they're like screaming women like yeah themselves. see though i think the only musician that'd be 100 percent safe i don't think there's any way that snoop dogg is an awesome in person he's not an awesome person. he no, that he would be like there's no oh, okay. there, like there's no way that snoop dogg can't be awesome like you can't okay yeah like, okay good. there's right. way too much uh, of like reality type video of him being yeah. awesome that he's acting through all of that. Like he yeah. has to be a genuinely good maybe person. Maybe aged out of his, out of his, uh, yeah. Maybe when he was killing people, he wasn't as, yeah. <laughs> <God>. but now, <laughs> now the, now the, the Martha Stewart friend. Yeah. The Martha <laughs> Stewart version is great. <laughs> Well, I think it's funny, like, right when, whenever the halftime show last year, wasn't there, like, talk of, like, the newer generations didn't even recognize him as being a rapper? Oh, like, yeah. Like, to, like to, yeah, to younger time. people, <laughs> yeah. Snoop Dogg wasn't a rapper. He was just, like, he's Martha Stewart's friend and someone who's just famous. <laughs> smokes a lot of weed. And not one of the most iconic rappers in history. Right. One of the best shows I ever went to was uh, Snoop uh eminem uh and um dr dre that would have been amazing uh, it was called up in smoke and i remember had, that tour they had a big uh a big skeleton that was like like 30 feet tall that was like during the show it was like smoke yeah. more pot <laughs> <laughs> One- they came out in impalas one you know, of like the, on um, the stage and we're like hitting the switch. Yeah, I remember seeing videos of that. Um yeah. one of the worst concerts I ever attended was an Eminem concert. There you go. It was I I I sat during Eminem and these girls next to us were like, Oh come on. I mean like, I'm an Eminem hate that much. I'm an Eminem fan. The concert was just horrendous. <laughs> if you were a wrestler, what would actually no, what would your baseball walkout music be? I don't even make it a wrestler oh so i got the uh i've been developing like now i have radio shows where people pay me to go on the radio regularly and they I had a walk-up song what is I finally it? used it and it was rat-a-tat uh loud pipes <laughs> i i don't know what he just said yeah i don't know what you said either <laughs> i have to look that one up uh, 
Oh yeah. Well, how do you feel about garden gnomes? So I was, we were just up in uh, Northern California and in the redwoods and we were coming back down and we stopped at a, a little, a little gift shop and they had a bunch of garden gnomes. And uh, my kids were like, these are really funny garden gnomes. And I was like, that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> garden gnomes are stupid. And so then they kept bringing them over to me. And one was like uh, a garden gnome with uh, flipping two birds saying, get off my lawn. And I was like, eh. Uh, then they had another garden gnome taking a, taking a piss. And I was like, well, okay, that's a little bit like, you know, you might see dad taking a piss on, on the lawn, you know. Uh, that's kind of funny. And the third one was a garden gnome being impaled by a unicorn. Oh, my goodness. And that was it. <laughs> like a garden gnome being impaled by a unicorn. Uh, long, a short answer, uh, I'm not into them. <laughs> I, I I do love like you had instant answer for that one. <laughs> Most people like, just look at me like I'm an idiot when I ask that, but you answered it like it was a real well, question. Well, my kids also my kids <laughs> are also kids that make me watch the Garden Gnome, you know, movies. There's like yeah, animated I've Garden seen. Gnome movies. Yeah. Uh, does pineapple belong on a pizza? Uh, my younger child uh, agrees with me. Yes. Uh, so you, pizzas can be good. That's actually wrong. Um, <laughs> what is your most prized possession? Um, For anyone listening, he's looking around his room to try to find yeah, something got, he I likes. Got a, I've got an office. <laughs> yeah, no. So I've got a couple things. It could be, could be. Uh, I love this guy. I just said I would want to meet him. Greg Maddox rookie. Oh. What's amazing is he's got this like porn star mustache. I don't know if you can see it. It's really good. It's like a it's like a seventeen year old trying to buy beer. So is that is that super valuable or just because Yeah, it's pretty valuable, but I also just love the mustache. I mean like <laughs> this one is also uh, pretty valuable. These two are also pretty valuable, but uh, also really great facial hair. Is that how you grade um, baseball cards by their facial hair? <laughs> That's uh, then I've got uh, this bobblehead here, which I don't care about bobbleheads normally, but this is MC Hammer. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That's pretty sweet <laughs> bobblehead. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I guess this is actually it but it's a lame answer. This is my Baseball Writers Association card. Ooh, there you go. Let's me into every ballpark anywhere uh, without any questions. It, but is the um is the MC Hammer um like baseball origins thing? Is that legit? Like wasn't it that uh, Yeah, he was a he was a, a You heard a this? Bat boy. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah, a bat boy. Cool. For the A's, he was, right? Like, hanging out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was hanging out in the clubhouse a little bit. Yeah. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Man, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry. look, if you're a sandwich connoisseur, I'm a hot dog connoisseur, you know. Yeah, you guys should uh, be able to work this I'm out. Like, Meet right, halfway so in between. I'm not a fan of tautology, which is like, there's a, a style of arguing, but like, you don't go to a sandwich shop and they have hamburgers. I mean, they have hot dogs. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you go to a deli, like if you go to a sandwich, like a sandwich shop where they make sandwiches, yeah. there's not usually hot dogs. Good point. So that's that's your if, if you define it by like two pieces of bread with the meat in between, you're gonna always sort of say sandwiches are hot dogs. I don't like that kind of question either. So I agree with you. With totology, whatever you just said. Yes. I just what does it mean? What does it mean? It means nothing. Who, um, yeah, who, who who cares? So you'll love this if, question. Would your then. life be changed if it was <laughs> a sandwich or not? Like, what would change if it was or was not a sandwich? Probably the entire uh, direction of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're really gonna love this one. Uh, is cereal a type of soup? <laughs> oh yes, this is another. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, this one's actually easier for me because I think soup requires, uh, like, I cook a lot. So steeping or, like, like a, a combination of... I would agree like with that. Like, you're, 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 you're cooking it together, yeah. whereas mm-hmm. there's no cooking in, in cereal. And there's Unless no you're doing it wrong. It's just cereal on top of milk. That's it. Uh, who is the real bully, Danny LaRusso or Johnny Lawrence? Um... Oh, oh, that is a really good question. It is really good because the whole reason the whole thing starts is because Danny pulls like a prank on them. Well, it's it, like a thing with the he, with what he does. He does something with a shower or something. Yeah, what, and what then 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 he's a woman. He's a girlfriend stealing scumbag. Like there's he does two things to that guy. It's not like he. It's not like he's like. Oh, this guy hates me. Like he did two yeah. things to that guy. There, there's a YouTube video that does a breakdown, like an edit yeah. of of Karate Kid, proving we saw it recently that Danny with the looked- kids. And I was like, oh, I don't remember. I didn't remember that Danny did these yeah. couple of things that I like. He's actually kind of a little more interesting as a character than I thought. Yeah, yeah he was the bully. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best Robin Williams movie? You know, one that stood up pretty well was uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. I was really surprised because um, I thought it would just be full of like misogynistic and like like a lot of like, oh, you can't say that now. But somehow he like made a movie about dressing up as a woman and like was not a misogynist. I mean, that's I think that's the reason I bring it up is because, you know, that's amazing. You know, like to make a movie like that and then yeah, 10 and years it's later. Still- it's not like offensive. It's not. To most it's people. not like watching The Office again. Oh my god! Certain <laughs> yeah, certain stuff when you rewatch, you're just like, whoa! Like, like I, I took. I really loved Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, know? he had stuffed and up. up. <laughs> I think anything I, made in the late '80s, <laughs> early '90s has is questionable to today's standards. I told my wife, I was like, "Raw, Raw" by Eddie Murphy, and uh, is like the best stand-up of all time. And so she got her girlfriends all together, and I got a couple guy friends together, and we watched Raw together, and all the dudes were like, Hit! <laughs> <laughs> and all the girls were like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty offensive. <laughs> um, uh, otherwise, though, uh, second answer is um, Jumanji. Uh, both wrong. The best one is One Hour Photo. Oh, that is a good one. I like Hook. If you were having a plumbing issue, who would you hire, Mario or Luigi? 
I was thinking plumbing, like, you know, internal. <laughs> no, housing. I don't think either of those guys can help me with that. Unless, <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. Which one's the doctor? They're both doctors. Yeah, they both copy off they each other. Played the role of doctor. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is the uh, fundamental difference between them? <laughs> Red and green. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Luigi's a little taller. <laughs> okay. All right. So maybe... Uh, uh, so the Mario, because he's shorter, he's closer to the ground. <laughs> he can reach the stuff better. <laughs> uh, you're going on a three-day trip. How many pairs of underwear do you pack? Five. So you definitely have thought that through. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I'm, I'm running right now a lot. So, <laughs> so I got to have, need gotta have two some running day. underwear. And then you always have to have one extra. Uh, what's the best gift you've ever received? You know, it's really hard to give people gifts. I'm an excellent like gift giver. You're really good at it? Yeah. That is quite the skill. My, I cannot give my wife a gift. Like, it, every time I try, it ends horribly. <laughs> uh, and so then I don't try, and that's not a good answer. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> no, not the best you've ever given, the best you've ever received. I know, I know. Okay. It's just I'm thinking about gifts that have been given and received in my household. Oh, man, what is the best gift I've ever gotten? Probably his face on two labels, I would guess. That's a pretty good one. That is up there, man. I mean, nobody's, nobody else has given me that. Bunch of um, All those other breweries are losers. Also, uh, otherwise, uh, in second place is an air fryer. Uh, air fryers are clutch. Yeah. It makes, I can make dinner in like 15 minutes now. So. All right. One more question. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Well, like at one point it would in Weird Al. <laughs> that would that would work. I, or like Kenny G. I definitely had like the. You do have some Kenny G vibes. I had the long hair <laughs> parted in the middle. Either of those guys could have played me. Uh, now, I'm not quite sure. Maybe like I have a little bit with the shorter hair. I have kind of like a Gene Wilder thing going. Could work too. Very old. Nobody knows who he is anymore. Now he's dead. Yeah, he's definitely okay, he's dead. Even older than old. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. for real. Yeah, right. All right, uh, you're really bad at answering. Oh no, that question. you know who else I could do that's more recent is um, uh, who's like uh, Pineapple Express and uh, he's got short curly hair. Seth, Seth Rogen? Rogen. Yeah, that would work. I could get a little Seth Rogen action going. All right, Eno. Thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, uh, your face is on an del absolutely delicious beer. Yeah, they picked a really good quote, too. It says on the can, I didn't think we'd end up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you for your time this evening. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.